When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies, Joe Chung. Gentlemen, uh, good to see both of you. I'm uh, here in sunny Puerto Rico. You know, I just thought, remember, uh, Joe, remember when uh, Sean used to record the entry separately because we would laugh too much? You mess up. I know. Wow, (laughs) Sean, you've grown so much. Good point. I just don't. I just no. I just stopped caring about what you guys think. That's all. So it just took. That's the key. That's the key. To, look how much smoother you are now that you stop caring what we think. That's there's a lesson to be learned there. Yes. All right. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get into the show, <laughs> just a reminder, everybody, you can find this podcast in any podcast app, and uh, mtmpodcast.com is where you can go for links to apply for cards, support the show, plus links to uh, find us everywhere on the interwebs mtmpodcast.com. So yeah, I'm in sunny Puerto Rico. Stopped on the uh, Carnival Mardi Gras for the day. Really hot and humid here, but uh, lots of fun. How are you guys doing? Are you in your stateroom? Oh, that's why, that I, am, I, why I see a towel. That's why Don't you I see, see the elephant behind him? Yes. 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 I, I, for the Vegas show, I, I, pr- I put it right over my shoulder. So it's in the background uh, on the Vegas show. People want to want to see it. A nice elephant. It's kind of creepy. Good Wi-Fi. That's, that's good to know. Well, it was good. I mean, the, the video on the Vegas show, we'll see how it turned out because I kept getting Wi-Fi notices, but uh, hopefully the audio here on this podcast should be pretty good. It's decent Wi-Fi, though, as far as like usability uh, compared to some of the other ships I've been on, which are like dial-up, so it's not that bad. Well, I had uh, uh, my Labor Day weekend was not the greatest. We had uh, some extended family things that I don't, uh, I won't get into, but kind of put a damper on the like weekend. Every, if- Feels like every time your extended family's in town. Yeah, no. It wasn't my it wasn't my side this time at least. So but yeah, so it was basically like a summer of family ruining things. So we came home, it was the weather wasn't great, so we came home early anyway, and I had uh some stuff I could do around the house. So we came home like Sunday night. So Monday I'm like my son's room, it's an older house and it's plaster and it was like bubbling in a couple areas, so I scraped it all off and then I go to like repair it. So I'm putting, you know, some sheetrock stuff on it, uh, to smooth it out and, and fill in the holes and everything and it's a big area like under the window and I go, you know, I sand it all down to put the second uh, layer on there and I go to vacuum it all up. And I, I, I was kind of lazy. I didn't want to bring in the big wet vac, So I brought in the, the bucket head. Do you guys know what those are? Like the bucket head wet vacs from Home Depot? No. Oh, it's just like a little, it's like a minier wet vac that you put on top of like a, a orange Home Depot bucket and then you plug it in and it works like a wet vac, but you know, it's not as souped up and like the filtration system's not as good and stuff. Well, anyway, so I use that instead of the big one. I'm vacuuming it up, you know, with my back faced, you know, away to the rest of the room. Vacuuming it up. And during that time, the uh, the small debris filter thing, like, fell off. So it basically sprayed sheetrock dust throughout the entire room. When I turned around, it was just cloudy. Like, the smoke alarm went off. That's how much. 
That's that can't be good for your lungs. Was... Yeah. So yeah, and I was like breathing that in for a couple minutes before I even noticed. So I had to go back in there and finish it up and uh, wore a mask in there after that. And then I probably should have worn one the whole time. But yeah, I'm gonna die young anyway, so I'm not worried about it. But anyway. <laughs> So we, I told my wife, I'm like, quick, go out and buy an air, fil- uh, air filtration system. So we plugged it in his room and ran it all night. And I still got to go in there and finish it. It smells a lot better. And, it, you know, now we just got to wipe everything down and wash everything. So super annoying. That uh, does not sound good. My parents bought us this air filter thing um, after we all got COVID. And it turns, there's like a light and it turns like orange or yellow whenever there's, I guess, bad stuff in the air but we were uh, painting and it was like orange and yellow all the time and i was like oh so this is what we've been breathing in the whole time it's it's not good um, but you know mark you don't have all these kn95s that are lying around that you don't wear anymore for nothing so you, you got to use it when you're doing your housework <laughs> yeah exactly like i think i had some from like home depot back in the day so i just dug those out and i even have like the ones with the uh, canisters on it, like for going in the crawl space and stuff, like the super duper mask. But I didn't bust that out. But yeah, I'll, I'll wear one today when I vacuum. And I bust out the big vacuum, so hopefully that doesn't spray it out everywhere because I have to do one more sanding before I paint. But yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, I don't know if since we don't do it as much as painters, if we should be wearing masks while we're doing all this. I'm sure somebody will tell us we're stupid and we should be. But you know, somebody that does it every day, I know they a lot of them will wear masks when they're doing all this kind of stuff. But we're dumb. No, never wear a mask, Mark. You learn never. anything? Never. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. My holiday weekend went a little bit better than yours, Mark. So I decided to... Um, Went to book... AFC. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Just because you said that, Mark. My original plan was, you know, got the COVID. So now I want to go to the movies all I want. Right? And they... Re, first of all, they're still showing Top Gun, and I was tempted to go see it again because it was three dollars on Saturday. But isn't it um, free because you have the membership anyway? And I had that anyway, yeah. But I could have brought a kid to the movies or whatever. So there was like multiple movies I wanted to see. Like I want to see Top Gun. They re-released Rogue One in theaters, but I missed that. That was that was over before Labor Day weekend started. Oh man, I did they, not know about that. That's sad. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm heartbroken. The I only love Star Wars One. movie with good acting. Rogue One. Yeah, and then they re-released. Um, then they also re-released Spider-Man with bonus scenes. And I was thinking of going to see all those three movies. But then my wife and I were talking. I guess my my other plan was I was like I should just take the kids who got COVID and we should just go on a cruise this weekend. And uh, Jess was like, "You are ditching us, and that is not cool. Uh, maybe you know just don't punish us for not getting COVID." And so I was like, "Okay, okay." Uh, she's probably right so i decided to book a last minute trip to portland maine and so for those people who are in new england and follow these things you know there's always a lot of consternation when hyatt does its category changes well there's a hyatt place in portland maine that is a category five and people are like why is this hyatt place a category five so for labor day weekend a couple nights before you know i I think i booked it on wednesday uh, i booked two nights at the hyatt place a hyatt place i spent twenty three thousand hyatt points per night for this Hyatt place in portland maine but the cash price for the nights that we were there were 650 and 700 dollars uh, for the night. So about 675 for two nights over Labor Day weekend, which is why, you know, the Hyatt place in Portland is insane. It's category five. I was looking for next um, in January 
it's still 15 or 16,000 points per night, but it's only $150. So it's one of those weird Nobody properties. Who wants to go there that, in the winter? Yeah, no yeah, one wants to go there. Who, who wants to be in Portland, Maine in the winter? That sounds like it's, a horrible place to. We've done it. It's actually pretty nice. It's not as, it's, it's better than Boston in a lot of ways, although there's less, less people there and stuff like that. But it, it was just one of those things where, like, it's funny to see it in practice that sometimes, with especially these hotels that are in very seasonal places you have to really think about whether you're using your points or your cash like 23 like it feels crazy to spend 23,000 points on a Hyatt place you know it's just a Hyatt place right where you can get you know in some places Hyatt places you can get for 3,500 points a night um, or you know after you know when we had that deal where they were giving you the rebate or whatever it's 5,000 you get 1,500 back but it felt like such a great redemption because you know i'm not paying fourteen hundred dollars i mean if i'm gonna pay fourteen hundred dollars i should have taken the kids on a cruise so um that worked out really nicely and we were there for the weekend and it was a lot of fun i have a couple of stories or interesting tidbits about that uh you know portland maine's really known for beer so i've always wanted to go there uh they have a lot of breweries and everything but when i was researching a trip there it was something like they have the the highest concentration of restaurants and bars in in an area like more so than even new york city and stuff which I find kind of interesting. And it's all like one street. It's like one street with a couple of side streets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just like, pat, but everything is like a bar or restaurant. And then uh, I booked, I actually booked a buddy, his wedding gift. I gave him a weekend there and I emailed them and I was like, Hey, they're coming, you know, this is their wedding gift. And they gave him one of the balcony rooms. They have outdoor balcony rooms. So if you're a globalist, I don't know if you got upgraded to these, maybe not. Cause you had you not know, this time, but I have before. Yeah. Yeah, they have balconies overlooking the water, and so they did give them that, which was really cool. And they have mute live music outside that you can sit on your balcony and drink, you know, beers that you bought or a bottle of wine or something, and hear music down by the water overlooking the shore and everything. So it is actually, it sounds like it's a really nice setup. They also have a really cool lighthouse there, Joe. Have you been to the lighthouse there? It's like incredible, like it's because it's so old school. And I'm finding out Joe goes I to Portland, Maine, it. like four times a year. I feel like. Um, so the story is, I I can't remember. I think I only talked about this on the, um, Patreon episode of observation deck, but we used to go to Portland, Maine yearly. Um, and we were one of the first, so speaking of those upgrades, the first time I got upgraded to one of those balcony rooms, my oldest daughter was two or three and they upgraded us and it was like right when the property had opened and they're like, you're the first people to stay in that room. You know, this is like, I, I feel like Sean right now um, bragging about being one of the first people. Sean, Sean's now been on thousands of roller coasters as long as well as thousands. No, I have been too. on over a thousand roller coasters. I have not been on thousands. <laughs> there are people like there are, there are crazy people who have been on that and they just like fly in and they don't even like travel to like go places. They'll like fly across the world just to go ride a new kitty coaster somewhere just because they're like there's like 10 people that compete with each other to be like the most in the world. And they're like cutthroat and they spend insane amounts of money. Um, so, yeah, I'm just a lowly thousand. Yeah, they're at, so they're at like the town fair to just go on a random roller coaster. But, yeah, anyway, um, the last time we were in Portland was in 2019, April 2019. And the reason why we haven't been back since you might think it's the pandemic. You might think it's because everything is going on. Nope, that's not why. April 2019, we went and Jess lost her wedding and engagement rings there. And like it's taken us three years to kind of get over that. And, you know, the PTSD from that to be That's gone. That's a lot of Hyatt place stays right there. <laughs> it was before. Yeah, we haven't been for No, I'm saying, years. like, the cost of those rings. That oh, could have paid oh, for yeah, a lot of... yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, buy insurance on the rings, gentlemen. Did you, did you have insurance? 
I did not. I do now. Just, so I was like, so before, so before we went, before we went, I was like, before we went, I was like, Jess, don't bring your rings. And she's like, oh, they're insured now. Who cares? And I was like, I still don't want to deal with like losing them or replacing them. But uh, yeah, they are they are insured now. Uh, part did, of our did your first when she said thing. that was your first thought like, oh, here's another sign up bonus. Jess, you're getting a second card because I got to pay for these rings on a card and get a bonus. Back when I, I did talk about, I think I talked about this in Patreon, but like I paid for that. I paid for the second ring with quite a few Visa gift cards. Like I used, <laughs> nice. I was like, I was like, Hey, do you, do you, how many uh, transactions do you mind? And they're like, whatever. So like, you know, I came in with us. I went, I went to the jeweler with a stack, but yeah, so we used to be there all the time. It's a really great city. And then to your point, Sean, we're big Edward Hopper fans and he just like loves to draw lighthouses he's just like a new england artist nighthawks is kind of the famous painting he has of the people in the bar that a lot of people know um, and he draws lighthouse lighthouses all the time we always go there if you're visiting portland um, just a tip buy the lighthouse there it's in a different uh, park food truck there that sells lobster rolls called bite into maine that's really good that we didn't go to this time uh, we decided to like try new things since we hadn't been there for a few years um so it was a lot of fun so we ended up eating at some other food trucks going to a park going to the children's museum which was a little too crowded because it was raining on labor day and because and it was too busy um going on the narrow gauge rail train that we always go on so yeah it was a lot of fun um definitely you should get up there mark you know if you go to the whole foods there mark um you know like you're gonna visit breweries if you go of course but you're trying to sell me and you're talking about whole foods (laughs) well i'm not let me let me finish the whole foods has like an incredible selection of the beers of course the liquor stores do too but like the whole foods is like really nice and it's all set up there and that's where we first you know we hadn't even been there yet that's the first time we tried main brewing company which uh, we got it at the whole foods and then uh, we really fell, fell in love with their beers so uh, and, you, and you know i'm not that big a drinker so anyway wherever you go in portland maine yeah remember that one time Mark, you did drink on an beers. episode and then we got like a nasty review about it <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i stopped i didn't want bad itunes reviews don't let joe drink on the episodes <laughs> oh but no funny uh kind of funny like i ended up i lost my wedding ring which you know the guy's wedding ring a couple hundred bucks whatever but we were like playing catch in a in a lake you know 10 15 years ago or whatever and threw the football and for whatever reason it just slid the ring right off my finger went in we we tried to find it but couldn't find it and we were in pretty shallow water but it was just gone so we go to the jewelry store where a friend worked and you know looking at rings and my wife i bought her her engagement ring when we were in college so it was it was a very small ring and she's like well maybe it's time that we uh we update this one too so my lost ring ended up getting her a new ring so that's how that works i guess yeah you got hoodwinked there (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so speaking of insurance really quick uh Allianz, I have that Allianz annual policy that I got because we're traveling so much this year. And I talked about it on the show, like when we were in Dallas, I think this was in February that we got delayed and our, you know, ice storm and our flight got canceled and we filed a claim with Allianz. And then we would submit all the documents and then they would, the claim adjuster would say, you need to submit your invoice for your flights. And we would submit everything again. And it was like this circle and we couldn't get it fixed. And then finally, after five months, they paid out the claim full amount. So it was like $1,400 that they paid us hotel, even paid for our rental car for the entire week that we had it. And we only got delayed for two days. So they really did cover everything, but it was a pain. Do you think they did that on purpose, hoping people give up? Like, do you think that's like an institutional setup? Because I've heard that before, too. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to other people. A lot of people like in our diamond group have it. And some people have gotten paid quicker. Um, Obviously, with COVID, they got backed up more. So I really don't know. 
Um, but they did pay the full claim, and that included all of our meals. Um, you know, we even went to the store, you know, bought supplies and, you know, everything. Everything that we that we had, our hotel was like $300 a night. Everything was covered. So um, it was a little frustrating to, you know, to have to wait, but um, it was good to, to know that they covered everything. And, uh, you know, it was almost the maximum that was allowed under the policy, just under it. So good stuff. But, yeah, waiting five months. I'm not sure good. that was so, by accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The only nice thing about having to wait five months is it's kind of found money since I'm sure you're getting to the point where you're like almost mentally just given up that you weren't getting the money back. But yeah, that's, that's really frustrating. Kind of like, I, I bet you it's a, I bet you Mark, it's a, it's a balance between it's an institutional policy for breakage, but also, you know, just classic inefficiency of the system. Joe's on this uh, financial kick where he's like, Oh, we're not going on the sled. The dog sluggets anymore, so that's found money. I'm going to spend it somewhere else. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, as Mark told me, it's the Bethany Walsh uh, plan. Yes. So, you know, there you go. Good for that. I saved my I only... saved my husband money by buying these shoes at a discount. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> now I only paid about five hundred dollars for the year on the policy, so I guess we come out ahead. So that's good too. And uh, obviously, with everything with COVID and everything earlier in the year, it was a good policy to have. Glad to use it. I guess glad that it that it paid out in that way. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Let's talk about American Express. Did you guys see that uh, American Express? Apparently, they've changed their language on their on FHR on fine hotels and resorts to say basically that you can't do those like back to back stays. Like if the same person's staying in the room, now you don't get benefits. It only counts as one stay. You know, we know a lot of people who do that. Like they'll book with their spouse, so they'll book one night in their name, then the spouse the next night, and then back and forth, and then they can just keep getting the benefits over and over, but at least by the terms, it seems like they're trying to do away with that. Yeah. And I don't even think this really has anything to do with that new $200 credit on the platinum card. Cause people have been doing this in, you know, places like Vegas and stuff for, for years and years. So especially if you're a spouse, yeah, you book one night, your name, one night, the spouses, then back to your name. And then they, you have a marry up. And the, the reason to do this is because you get like a hundred dollar uh, per stay credit. So if you're doing it back and forth, then you get $300 versus $100 for a three night stay. So they finally, I'm guessing the hotels complained enough, like, Hey, this is getting crazy. Or maybe, I don't know if AMX is covering a big chunk of that, that cost, but I guess the uh, trick is to go to a place that has lots of options and then just hotel hop, I guess uh, to get around it now. That's such a pain, though. I mean, I hope oh, Benji's like, not listening he, to you right now. He'd get mad. <laughs> well, he loves doing this kind of stuff. It's just like, I mean, if I'm if, if I'm by myself, that's one thing. But even having if I had to have my wife go down with me to the front desk to check in and check out, like that's already going to provide consternation. You just bring up the rings. Man, you have like the get out of free jail card for life. Anytime she complains about anything with travel, you'd be like, hey, remember Portland with your wedding yeah. rings? Done. Yeah, so you know what happened? That's a good point, Mark. And I think what happened was this accursed pandemic happened, and that just made us forget everything. You know, it, it just the, – the world – the rules of the world changed. And so now, like, I lost I lost my chance to take a, take advantage of that. So, um, yeah. But I, I, I just – I mean, this was hot off the presses, obviously, if people – you're listening to this on Thursday. And so – I'm sure it's been litigated to death uh, on the blogs, but I, I, it's just another thing. You know, they're, they're just MX. We're playing the game and MX is playing the game back. So we need Benji to figure out, you know, what's the way to get around this without uh, angering our wives. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, what's 
I think there's probably ways, right? I mean, how do they know, you know, that spouses are in the room and stuff like that? I feel like I feel like there's ways. Yeah, I th- I think the thing is like I wonder it's an Amex thing, right? But that doesn't you know how corporate might say one thing or another, but when you get to the actual hotel, like they don't really care. So, you know, it might be a matter of finagling things that way. For example, sometimes naturally, like not on you don't do this as a hack, but like I'll book a hotel and I'll forget to put my wife and my kids on it. And so when I show up, I got to be like, oh, can I get a second key? Can you put her name on it? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure there's ways that you can get around it. Again, Benji, get on that. Thank you. Don't take, uh, don't have a spouse take the other spouse's name and then you can do it. There you <laughs> yes. go. Yes. That's what I, I, I always, you know, I always complain that uh, we were one of those families that doesn't love each other because uh, Jess didn't take my name. But now, with this game, you got I'm like, it. No, Ultimate you were a genius. You knew the whole time. You knew the whole time. Very happy about yeah, the situation. Play, playing the long game there. Now, speaking of Amex, they did something really interesting uh, this week as well that I'm not sure I've seen them do before. They added 12 different transfer bonuses uh, to their to their cards. Uh, Air Lingus, 25%. Aero Mexico, 20%. Uh, Aeroplan, Air France, Avianca, British Airways, Hawaiian, Qantas, Virgin, Hilton, Marriott, and Choice, all different percentages. We have a link on the website we'll, we'll throw in the description. You can look at all the different percentages there. But do you guys remember them throwing so many transfer bonuses out there at once? No, I feel like four or five was maybe their their mag. Maybe they did this a year ago. I'm not sure, but it, it, it seems new to me. Like, I don't remember 12. Like, that seems, you know, it's like half their stuff. And the funny thing is we've been, you know, joking that they're going to devalue the program because they've been giving away points right and left or at least the business side of things has. And this actually makes their points worth more. You know, they're giving you more uh, more value on the transfer. So it's like the opposite of what you would expect. So I don't I don't know what's going on. The Amex is like just confounding. Like, I'm befuddled. Do you like that word, Joe? Befuddled? Well done. <laughs> Point for you. Um, yeah, I... I... I think um, I think it was someone on Slack who said in the MTM Diamond Slack who said none of these bonuses that are being offered are like best ever bonuses, but we've never seen this many being offered at the same time. And it almost feels like there was some kind of, kind of accounting error and then Amex just wants people to burn some of their points. And so they're like trying to entice people with like 5% or 10% here, 15% there. So, I mean, it's nice, especially if you have um, travel to plan right now, but uh, I'm all tapped out at the moment of mental energy to do that you know i need sean sean i need you to do that for me and accounting error because they've given out way too many points uh, on all those uh platinum no lifetime language offers and everything else so they're like looking they're like ah, oh, we, we got to get people to burn them uh, but yeah it's good and like you said i don't personally transfer speculatively anymore you know covid really taught me that and i didn't really do it too much before that either so and these aren't best ever like british airways i think is 25 percent. we've seen 40 percent in the past so, uh, you know, take a look and see what it is. But if you have upcoming stuff or, you know, you can use them, definitely a good time to transfer them if you uh, you think you'll be able to use them. And uh, just be aware of the program that you're transferring to, the rules for expiration, all that stuff, just in case your plans don't quite work out. Because, you know, that can be a pain. You know, some programs like Singapore have uh, hard expiration dates, although I don't think they're on the transfer bonus there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, good. Now, Joe, I heard that you, uh, a little birdie told me that you were going to use your Jess's new card this week and it got declined. And uh, Ch- the Chase bill collector called you up, said that you're a deadbeat or something like that. What happened? That's exactly what happened. I got a call and they're like, you deadbeat. 
pay your card. Yeah, no, um, this was just a quick reminder. It was actually after I w- we were using the card throughout the trip, but then after the trip last night, um, we got home and Jess wanted to buy something, and I was like, oh, use this card. She has not held her Marriott Bonvoy Chase card once, I don't think. Um, it's not, not been in our wallet at all. I've been using it constantly. You can't even play dumb when you get busted because you have different last names. So, man, that's super Yeah, shady. true. <laughs> yep. But um, what happened was she she kept trying, and we were just buying stuff from Target, and it wouldn't go through. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Let me log into Chase. And then I logged into Chase, and it was like, your payment's overdue, blah, blah, blah. And so came to find out that, of course, uh, my brain not working, forgot to. You know, Normally what I do is when I get a new card, I automatically turn it on to auto pay. Um, and so I forgot to do that. So quick reminder here to whatever your system is for setting up that you're going to remember to pay off a new card, especially if you like me haven't gotten a new card in a while because of 524 stuff or although you know with amex i've gotten a business platinum or two here or there but i remember on my own cards but on my partner's card i forgot i totally forgot um and so paid it off last night the annoying thing i found um and maybe i'm just used to doing amex all the time i feel like with amex i don't have to re-add my bank but with chase last night um on my wife's account which she has four chase cards so we have banks linked that are already on auto pay we had to relink it and it's just so annoying when you have an account amex an online account yeah. with a bank oh so maybe i just forget with amex but it's <laughs> but just, they will, just like why? amex will when you go in there it'll let you add all at once instead of like one at a time if you want so that's kind of nice but yeah you do have to go in there initially which it should just be yeah it should be attached to your account it's stupid yeah it's like if i've linked my other bank account to this bank to this account to pay once like why do i gotta do it again so a little pet peeve there but of course my bad on forgetting to pay um and so i gotta contact chase later um probably via secure message to ask them to waive the fee um and the interest charge blah 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 but you know we figured this all out at like 11 p.m last night so i just handled it and then you know came to talk to you guys about it the next morning or afternoon yeah and it's worth pointing out, like people think if you are late that you're gonna your credit score is gonna get hit, but it, it doesn't affect your credit score until you get thirty days late. So, if you do have something mess up and you catch it within the first week or two, you're still gonna be fine. You might have to pay fees if they don't waive it. Uh, most times they'll waive it, you know, the first time. So just contact them and be like, hey, I made a mistake. Never done this before. They waive the fee. You pay it. It doesn't affect your credit at all. It's not. It's not reported as a late payment so that's something to to remember at least so don't freak out as soon as it happens do you think this is one of the most common mistakes like newer people in the hobby make i feel like it definitely is and it's funny because it's not just newer people right joe because i've done the same thing i'm pretty sure mark has probably done the same thing where you know it happens just because you're doing so many things and uh you know it's a new card it's not part of your routine that you're used to but uh yeah i feel like it's something that everybody does and uh you know don't don't be ashamed of it um, what other mistakes people make? What other mistakes do you think that newer people make that we should make them aware of off the top of your head? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, just on the not remembering to pay off thing, I always, I almost think it's it's not even the newest people in the game who forget. It's like the medium people. It's like when you start getting past a certain number of cards, that's when you start forgetting to pay. Or like if you're like old, like me, and just totally forget. I think another mistake um people make is you know and we've talked about it before but it's just like when you're starting getting the wrong cards just getting like the shiniest thing and not thinking about you know what are you going to use these points for 
Um, I don't think you need to get cards with a specific plan in mind, but you need to at least know the different avenues that you can use the points that you're earning for. So um, that's one of the mistakes I think new people make. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I got an email from a listener actually uh, over the weekend, and it was like, what card should I get next? Here's a layout of the cards I have. And I'm like, well, that all depends on like, what do you want to do? Where do you fly out of? What airlines do you prefer? You know, that's where you should focus, not on what's the best offer, most valuable offer, because it doesn't mean anything to you. Like if you get life miles, they might be worthless to you. So focus on things, you know, and then grow from there. And I think uh, something that I've found myself getting in trouble with lately is just not being as consistent and diligent with you know my spreadsheets and keeping track of stuff like early on i was very like okay new card put in the date i signed up for it and here's the info and put it on my payment spreadsheet and now i'm like "Eh, i'll get to it later and then you know you don't get to it later so it's just staying on top of things and and i probably added too much stuff you know joe and we talked about this last week you know applying for what was it 13 cards or whatever like that's getting to probably too much of this year and I've, I've been kind of pushing it a little bit harder than normal so probably working against me double whammy since I'm not as diligent in the, the bookkeeping as I was before so just you know kind of take a step back sometimes I think sometimes especially new people rush in and get so excited that they go overboard and you kind of got to you know real it's okay to reel it back at, at some points. I know I did that. Like when I first got into the hobby, I was applying for everything, like every good bonus. You look at the blogs, they're like, this is a great bonus. This is a great bonus. But yeah, you really got to look for yourself. Now, back then it was a little less, you know, you could apply for more cards. The banks were, you know, they would hand out cards. The offers didn't change as much. They didn't change as much back then. So it was like a good offer was a good offer. Like now you don't know. Two two weeks from now, it could be completely different. Yeah. So you got to really be diligent. And then, you you know, you got to make sure that you're not screwing yourself down the line by getting the wrong card today. So, you know, it, it takes a little bit of planning. And like you said, we've all, I think all three of us have struggled with the spreadsheet stuff and keeping up and stuff from time to time. That can really be detrimental if you don't do it. So uh, it, it's, you got to have some way to track all of it, especially to your point, Joe, as you get to that medium level where now you have more than three or four cards and, uh, you know, you have multiple banks and all this other craziness that you're, that you're doing and uh, good advice all around and auto pay, of course, is your friend so that, you know, maybe it'll only pay the minimum payment, but you know, I'm the anti auto pay person. I don't know why I, I've never gotten on it. Cause you know, I'm also doing a lot of bank stuff. So I'm moving money around all the time. And, and I think the biggest red flag is to make a payment and not have money in the account, especially if you have a bit, a checking account with like, if you have a chase checking account and you make a payment and it's uh insufficient funds, that's like, the red light alert that gets them to check all your cards and, and review your account. And that's led to more shutdowns than anything. So, you know, if you do minimum payments, I think that's probably smart. If you have one bank account that always has like, you know, a a sizable chunk of money, that's probably the way to do it. I've just never done it myself as well as this makes me look at everything to make sure there was no fraud. Like I check even cards. I know I haven't used in a while. I check, but that's one reason I don't do, even though it's probably smarter to, to have it set up. But I mean, I, I think if you're diligent enough to keep checking, like I would rather be like that, Mark. I used to be like that, um, but but then um, either I got lazy or ran out of time or old you had that or third child busy. Like or an bo- idiot. Yeah, it was the third child. Good point. Good point. <laughs> third child got my first late fee. Um, I had a question for you, Mark, though, just talking about as things get more complicated and mistakes that can be made. You know, I know that you are like all over the bank bonuses. What mistakes are 
out there that can be made about kind of keeping track of all that. Cause part of me is like one reason why I haven't, haven't gone super into that is I'm like, if I have seven, eight, nine bank accounts, I'm worried that one day I'll just forget that this bank account existed that I, you know, just only signed up for to get a bonus. So I'm wondering like what advice you have for people who are like getting into the bank bonus game um, mistakes that they can avoid. Yeah, and that that's happened before where I'm like, oh, I still have an account with that bank, but usually found money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just that's the trick. Just it's kind of like put put uh, put a twenty dollar bill in your uh, your winter coat at the end of the season, so you feel good about yourself the next time you have to put it on. No, I think you know that's one thing is is definitely keeping track of things. I always the main thing I focus on is trying to figure out what keeps it fee free. If it's parking five hundred dollars in there, whatever it be. You know, because I want to keep it free until the the bonus post for sure. And then if you have to keep it open for six months, I'll uh, you know put the five hundred and one dollars in there and leave it there. Versus playing the game of doing transfers in and out every month to to hit that. You know, if there's like a direct deposit amount. Now there are certain banks that will have like any deposit works. So I'll do like a one dollar transfer every month for the six months, and then I set a calendar alert to uh to tell me to close it after the the period if it's 90 days or six months or whatever and i usually will keep it open a little bit longer just because you know they gave me free money so i I don't mind keeping the account open until like six nine months whatever it be but i i try to only keep like two or three bank bonuses going at one time because there's a lot there's usually a lot of hoops to jump through with those so uh, other people will do like five or ten at a time and hit it way harder than i do but just for sanity's sake i try to keep it you know i i don't I'll do like two or three, and then I won't start another one until at least like one or two of those bonuses hits. Do you find that you're recycling the same money? Like it's a lot, you know, maybe it's off by one cycle, but, you know, it's like you start these two, and then uh, you start another two in three months, and then you close off the original two, and then you use that to fund the next, you know, do you find that happening? Yeah, I think that happens quite a bit, especially for the savings type bonuses where you have to like, let's say park $5,000 or $10,000. Those, like if it's one of those, I'll have it in an account. And then when that bonus hits and I close it, then I'll start looking for another one for that that style of deposit. So I use the same money over and over for sure. Yeah, good advice uh, there. Back to the minimum payment. I only, I, or back to the auto pay. I only do the minimum payments there. I feel like it's just a stopgap. You know, you still got to keep up with everything. But just in case, like I forget, uh, at least I'm not, smart. you know, getting a late payment and stuff like that. So, because I totally agree with you. You do not want to have like, Oh, I used this card for five grand this month, you know, buying gift cards or doing something. And then all of a sudden, you know, the account that it comes out of. Yeah, you don't want to mess around with that and have like the whole balance hit. It's just there's too many variables there where you're going to have a month where something does goes wrong. You're almost asking for trouble. I the think, float unless you have a, a killer account with the float. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but minimum payments are usually not that bad. And then at least you're getting the payment in on time and and uh, it's OK. There are some banks like. Barclays, who's kind of a pain because when that minimum payment, that auto pay is scheduled, then if you're going to pay off the account, it like keeps giving you error messages and you got to calculate, you got to like make a payment for minus the the payment that they already have scheduled or you got to cancel it. So some banks do it better than others. Like American Express does it really well, but uh, that's uh, that's what I recommend. That's what I what I do. All right, guys. So uh, the Southwest Companion Pass is is so popular. And uh, this is also something that just uh, just came out. They're offering a free companion pass for like two months next year. So if you register for the promotion, and we'll have a link uh, in the description, and purchase a round-trip flight or two one-way flights by September 8th, so that would be today, 
So, uh, you know, as you're listening to this on the first day it comes out, make sure you do it. Travel by November 17th. So you're traveling this year, then you'll get a companion pass January 4th through March 4th of next year. So there's a lot of like caveats there, right? But if you do have the travel and it works for you, it could be a way to save some good money with the companion pass, especially if you have, you can do multiple flights next year. Yeah, I think if you either, if you if you already have a flight planned by November 17th, then I think it's definitely something you should take advantage of because you never know. It's kind of like signing up for a Hilton triple points promotion. Like you never know. You sign up for it because in, just in case, you never know. Uh, so I do that. Or if you know that you're going, like let's say you, January, you're already planning on going to the Bahamas and Southwest flies there and and you know that would work out, then then I would probably take like a $100 flight to be able to take advantage of that. and Or if you have like two or three flights lined up for early next year. So one of those two ways, I think it definitely makes sense. Like I have a flight, like I go to Baltimore uh, later in October, and I'm like, you know what? I was going to book Delta, but I'm going to have to get with AMX and change my airline incidental on my new business platinum to Southwest, and I'll book that because... I might as well. It's, you know, they're both nonstop. So I'm not giving up anything besides my Delta status, but for an hour and a half flight, it, it definitely is worth it. Yeah, it's a good promotion. Easy to register. Might as well register for it. See if there's anything uh, you can do with it. Um, nice to see them do that. I guess, does this mean that demand is pretty low? I mean, it's a, uh, or they're just, uh, they're just trying to fill they their seem planes. To do- like, it's interesting. I think they do this. They've done this every year for the last couple of years. It's like some weird promotion, maybe to get people like hooked on the companion pass. So they chase it going forward. I don't know. But I know they've done this at least uh, once or twice. And then they've always done that weird, like just California type of promotions for this too. West West Coast bias. Ridiculous. Yeah, jerks. You guys <laughs> yeah, sleep in too late. To everybody. <laughs> so this one's good. It's available to everybody. No, uh. No California bias here. No uh, Seattle. I think for a while they did something there too. But yeah, there's no bias on this one. So guys, I'm on. Uh, we're, we'll talk about this next week, I guess. But I'm on the Carnival Mardi Gras, which is Carnival's brand new ship. As you talked about earlier, I rode the first roller coaster at sea. That was a lot of fun. And I've taken a was few it, Carnival was it pretty cruises decent? this year. The coaster. Was yeah, it the roller coaster is really fun. Yeah, because you're riding it while you're out at sea. It goes up to 40 miles an hour, so you're going pretty fast. You're about 200 feet above the water because it's on, you know, it's on like the 19th deck of the ship. So uh, on the very top. So it is pretty cool. It's right on the edge. Um, There's some fun moments. You get to go around two laps. It's basically like a powered launched coaster, but then you have a boost button that you can, you know, you can boost it faster. So there's some times where you can go really fast. So there's a lot of fun there. Um, the ship itself, I have a lot to say. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but I've been on all these carnival cruises this year and I keep saying how good they've been and how surprised I've been. And Mark keeps laughing and says, Walmart of the seas. Well, I finally found Walmart of the seas, Mark. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it really at that. Really the newest ship, um, the newest ship wow, is that's, the worst. That is, wow. a, that is an A plus T, Sean. Come back next week, everyone. Okay. Listen. I yeah, had a question. Yeah. I had a question for you as uh, somebody that likes to ride, uh, rides and stuff all over the world did you see the the i think it was at like a carnival or a fair or whatever in india the the ride that broke yeah. and dropped isn't that like the second or third ride in india that's had something happen like that like do you have you ever ridden rides in india does it give you second choice like when you go to certain areas do you just say you know what it's not worth it here type of thing because they don't have the same type of checks and and balances for uh, inspections and stuff 
Yeah, it's really interesting because back in the day, like in in '08, we traveled a lot to a lot of places like Vietnam and some very out of the way places in China. To we're not talking about like the big theme parks in China, but some of the like, you know, like really sort of sketchy ones that were like on the verge of going out of business. And I rode some really scary rides in retrospect. Ones that uh, you know I sort of regret doing that. Um, I have gone to a, I did go to an amusement park called Wonderlaw when I was in Kerala, India and wrote it. But that was also a very corporate sort of maintain maybe Six Flags like park. Um, I would be, yeah, I would be a little, yeah, I would question going on, on rides in, in, in countries like that, especially at like carnivals or fairs. Um, there on that particular one, there's, it was in the article that the operators of the ride ran away right after uh, it happened. So, you know, India being a different country, the laws being different. I'm not familiar with that particular ride. It looked like it was like an observation ride kind of going up. So it was a slow sort of ride that went up this tower. And then, yeah, it just came crashing down. It looked brutal. Like you would break your back as fa as hard as it hit. And then it bounced up and it says, yeah, that was a really terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And uh, I hope everybody's okay. And in like other countries, different laws and everything. Cause I know, I don't know if this is true or not, but people on Twitter were saying like, there's no, like you can't sue people for negligence and stuff in, in India. So you know, that's kind of one of the things I think we definitely oversue in America, but people are always afraid of it. So they're going to cover their butts wherever they can, where in other places, if you don't have that threat of, you know, somebody coming after you for everything you're worth, you might not inspect things as closely as you would otherwise. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. I wanted your pr perspective on it. Yeah. In the United States, so people don't know, but there's no federal really regulation. There's OSHA and stuff like that for workers, but every state has its own rules and every state regulates it differently. So in some states, like California, for example, they're very heavily regulated and uh, the, the state really has like over the top rules. Other states, especially like in the middle of the country, um, there's less, they, they inspect less often. Some states actually trust the operators to inspect, which is not good in my opinion. So yeah, it's, it's, but then if you think about how many millions and millions and millions of rides on all these amusements and roller coasters and everything happen, safely every year and you put it in perspective kind of similar to like a plane crash right it like sticks out when it happens um you know they're fairly safe all over the place and then most of the things like that that accident in orlando where that young man fell out of the drop tower it was because he wasn't the right size for the restraint it was really operator error not the ride being unsafe it's hard it's hard you know um and it sucks to see stuff like that and i know that makes people not want to ride but uh that's another point, like why you don't try to get the kids like, oh, stand on your tippy toes to get in and stuff because they have those size and, and restrictions for a reason. So, you know, you might think it's not a big deal, but it can be. Exactly. Follow all the rules. They're there for your safety. Employees are there for your safety, whether it's at a place like Disney or at your local carnival or state fair or Or Cedar uh, Point, else. the best place so. in America. Yeah. <laughs> we'll close it with that. But yeah, Mar Carnival Mardi Gras, I'll have a lot to say uh, review next week. Uh, Walmart of the Seas, sigh. So uh, that'll do it for uh, this week's show. Joe, where can people find you when they are not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at Flies, all of our social media. If you have a travel request, you can email me, josephchung at travelmation.net. Much to Mark's chagrin. What about you, Mark? Yeah, you guys don't even know how professional Joe is. I had a really good joke earlier, and he just ignored it and kept, kept talking right through it. I don't even think he's going to put it in the outtakes, but it was... Uh, it had me laughing for a good three minutes. <laughs> and he just ignored it. <laughs> that was a good like... joke. That was a good joke. <laughs> it was good. It was good timing. It was good timing. Look, okay, I'll, I'll put it in the Joe outtakes. Joe's laughing we, inside. 
I'll put it in the outtakes bleeped out and y'all y'all will be able to I'm pretty sure you'll be able to figure out what Mark said. But yeah, where can we find you, man? Uh you can find me Mark at Miles to Memories, uh email at, at well, jeez. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. You can email me at Mark at Miles to Memories. Uh join our Facebook groups. I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? Yeah, miles to memories.com for all our posts, podcasts, videos. We have our Vegas stuff at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and kicking butt over there. We're close to 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. So that should happen in the next week or so. What, what? Congrats. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, miles to memories.com for, for everything and at miles to memories all over social media. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. We always go there. If you're visiting Portland, um, just a tip, buy the lighthouse there. It's in a different uh, park. I'm editing that out. There is a food truck there that sells lobster rolls called Biden to Maine. That's really good that we didn't go to this time. Uh, we decided to like try new things since we hadn't been there.